Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Tuesday, February the 1st, 2022. It is currently 4.40 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas, where it is currently 69 degrees. However, big changes are on their way, so that is why I'm here this Tuesday afternoon. Now, typically I take Monday off, but I knew big changes were coming to the weather. So I'm like, I better go there Monday and do as much as I can. And then, well, I still know big changes are coming. And I saw a window of opportunity. So I grabbed everything, threw it in the car, drove here as fast as I could, ran through the front door, hooked everything up and hit the big red go live button because here are the changes that will be arriving Tomorrow, here is the weather alert that I have received. Winter storm warning expires Thursday, February the 3rd, 2022 at 6 p.m. Winter storm warning in effect from noon Wednesday to 6 p.m. Thursday. Heavy mixed precipitation expected. Total snow and sleet accumulations of two to four inches and light ice accumulations expected. Where? Beginning, oh, yeah, where? Beginning across the big country, northern Concho Valley and northern Heartland, Wednesday afternoon, then expanding further south Wednesday evening. When? From Wednesday afternoon through Thursday afternoon, impacts. Travel could be very difficult. The hazardous conditions could impact the morning or evening commute. In addition, cold wind chills as low as 10 below zero could result in hypothermia if precautions are not taken. Monitor the latest forecast for updates on this situation. So that is what we are being told. And so that means there's a high probability that tomorrow I will not be able to make it to this building. And even if I was to make it to this building, there is high probability power would be out, internet would be down. Uh, so I, I, I look, I've, I've got to do what I can. So because I, I do, and I stated this yesterday, I do feel a responsibility. I know that it, I know the reality is you're like, who cares if there's an episode or not, right? You've got other things to listen to, but I just still feel a responsibility to ensure that there is spiritual nourishment available for whoever needs it and whoever wants it. Specifically, obviously for people who attend my church, for those who don't attend my church, you probably have your own church to go to. But for the people who attend this church, I want to ensure that tomorrow, um, they'll be like, it's Wednesday evening. What, What do I have to listen to? And hopefully they can open up their app and find whatever I can produce this afternoon. So that's what's going on. So don't, there's a high probability you will not hear from me Wednesday or Thursday, and then hopefully everything will be back to normal on Friday. That is the plan. But I'm only telling you that so that you know, but clearly you did not tune in to hear me talk about that. You you tuned in. We know why you tuned in. I know why you, you tuned in to find out, is Jonah a real dude? Okay, okay. No, I'm not saying, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to talk like that. If you heard our program yesterday, 
you know that we were listening to a podcast episode where they kind of raised this question. Hey, was Jonah a real dude? And we were somewhat, well, let me state it this way. I, it appears that not everyone, everyone else seems not to have been so surprised or shocked by it. I was somewhat surprised or shocked because after this question was kind of raised, hey, was Jonah a real dude? And that's the word they used. Someone in the group that we were listening to basically was like, well, what difference does it make? What, what, what if Jonah wasn't real? What if it's just a made up story? What if it's just a fantasy story, but it teaches a powerful lesson? And then someone else in the group says, well, that's a creative way of looking at it. And it's true. The Bible uses all kinds of different forms of literature. So, I mean, maybe it's just a story. And it's like, wait, what? So I, yesterday, gave everyone an assignment. I wanted everyone to to try to figure out, well, was Jonah a real dude? And if he wasn't, what difference would it make? And if you are a member of the Discord channel, you will notice there has been lots of conversation going on today about this. Lots of people have provided their thoughts. I would like to just uh, interact right now with those thoughts, but I'm not going to do that. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to go back to the podcast in question. We're just going to hit, we're going to play from the beginning and kind of start it over. And we're just going to see what they do with this question about Jonah. Was he again? And I, I'm using their language. Was Jonah a real dude? We're going to find out. And, and then we're going to try to determine, does it really matter? Some, some people in the Discord channel asked some really good questions, provided a lot of very good information. And so at some point, I do want to engage with what everyone said, but I appreciate everyone participating. Again, if you want to be a part of the Discord group, it's very simple. Just email me, newsif at yahoo.com, and I'll send you a link. All you have to do is download the Discord app. It's absolutely free. If you, if you need any information, just email me. But um, so some, some good discussions. I'm very appreciative of that. But I want to at least try to finish this discussion as much as I possibly can today, since I don't know when I will be back. So are you ready? What we are listening to, we are listening to the Discover the Word podcast. Discover the Word podcast would be a podcast that would be right there in kind of mainstream evangelicalism. Um, It's produced by the people who put out Our Daily Bread. So it's Discover the Word from Our Daily Bread. Um, It's right there. It's a, it's a very popular podcast. I've been listening to it for years and years and years. Um, it was a radio program. I think they've completely transitioned now to just a podcast. And it's designed to be structured like a small group. There's a couple of people there, and they, they work it like it was a, a small group Bible study. Um, a lot of times, I don't like the fact that they don't really go that in depth. Sometimes I don't agree with their theology, but I always love to hear what they're studying so then I can t- I can listen to what listen to what they study, listen to how they cover it. Then I can end the podcast, grab my own Bible, my own notebook, and then do my own study. I kind of use it as okay, that's what you want me to study. I kind of look at it almost as an assignment. Here's here's your text. Here's here's the topic, and then I go work on it on my own, which I, I like to be challenged like that instead of just picking what I want. That's why I listen to so many things because I like to be challenged to, to cover different things and to discuss different things and, and to think about different things uh, because if, if you only just choose what you want, then a lot of times you can't really, well, grow much. So we could have a whole discussion about that philosophy, but we will not do that right now. Are you ready? 
All right. Bad weather is coming here to West Texas. But before it gets here, I'm going to use the opportunity that I currently have right now, right in front of me to do what I can. So let's listen to this podcast episode. Hopefully you find this to be edifying. Now, remember, this is just very important. Whenever we do these kinds of reviews or analysis, the goal here is not necessarily to go, look at how much they messed up. The goal is to take whatever they say. Now, we don't know where they're going. They may end up in a, in a very biblical, orthodox place, or they may end up in a place that we have to declare to be heretical. To be honest, it's not even really about them. What is What it is about is, okay, thank you. Thank you for presenting this question. Thank you for presenting this problem. Now we can work on it study it, think about it, try to find the truth because that helps equip us so that we're no longer tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. So it's more to me about just discovering the truth more than trying to prove, is this a good program or a bad program? It's really just, okay, you, yeah, you ask the question, is, is Jonah a real dude? And uh, well, let's see if they answer it. And let, most importantly, let's see if they really deal with the, the issue. If Jonah wasn't a real person, what what does that mean? What does that mean? So we're going to go back and just start this from the beginning. They're going to start talking a lot about fantasy literature. I'm going to uh, keep my opinions <laughs> quiet since I expressed those in uh, last night's study. So we'll just, uh, we'll let this play out, kind of get back to the part where I was like, whoa, wait, what did they just say? And then we'll we'll start taking it apart from there. Here we go. Discover the Word podcast. This is the podcast for this week. And uh, there, it's called Surprise, and they're, they're talking about Jonah. Here we go. Well, it's time for the Discover the Word group to get together again. Marty Hahn, Elisa Morgan, Bill Crowder, and Daniel Ryan Day are in their spots around the table with, of course, a chair reserved for you. And uh, Daniel, who says he has always loved fantasy-type stories like the Lord of the Rings, and the Chronicles of Narnia. Daniel is going to be leading the conversations on the next two Discover the Word podcasts. This week and next week, I'm super excited. We get to talk about the story of Jonah. And if I'm honest, it's hard for me to see Jonah as real because of my love for fantasy. And so one of the things we're going to look at today, the question that we're going to try to answer is, was Jonah a real dude? And so are you familiar with... Not, I, I just have to interrupt and just ask a question. Do you find it hard when you read Jonah to believe it was a real story? Now, he, the reason, according to him, what has influenced him to view Jonah not real. Now, I want this, this is so very important. I did not point this out yesterday, but I really want to point this out. And I think someone in the Discord channel did mention this, or at least kind of hint at it. This is very important. What makes it hard for him to see Jonah as a real person and the story as real is because of how much he reads fantasy novels. So his reading and love of fantasy novels has impacted how he views a story in the Bible. It's not because of hermeneutics. It's not because of the text. It's not because of language. It's not because of some archaeological discovery or some historical text that was discovered who called it into question. No, he was reading like Lord of the Rings. And it was like, well, Lord of the Rings, look at how, you know, 
Look at the fantasy here and just how fantastic it is and how, you know, unreal it is. Well, I guess that's true of Jonah. That just seems bizarre to me that, hey, I read Lord of the Rings, so now it makes me question the truthfulness of the book of Jonah. Well, if you're going to take, I've got to state this again. Um, Okay, someone who's listening just said, I've always thought it was real, haven't ever really questioned it being a, a real historical miraculous event. Now, I think, I think, I think, Put it this way, um, there would have to be something to make me go, wait, like there, it, it can't be because, wait, I just read Lord of the Rings and now all of a sudden I question Jonah. There would have to be something when I pick up the book, I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem, there's something here that's difficult. And I've said it, I said it yesterday and I'll say it again. If you've got an issue with the book of Jonah, <laughs> do you have an issue with the story of Jesus? You see, a virgin having a baby who happens to be the incarnated son of God? Do you have a problem with him dying, was buried and rose three days later and ascended to the right hand of the father from whence he will come to judge the living and the dead? Do you have a problem with that? Do you have a problem with a a spiritual being by the name of Satan that roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and demons and demonic possession? Do you you have a problem with a place called hell where people will suffer for eternity? I mean, if you're going to have a problem with Jonah, oh, and creation, (laughs) that God just creates everything. Like, why wouldn't you have a problem with the entire Bible? That's the thing that just, hey, I read the Lord of the Rings and I got a problem with Jonah. Now, I understand that's what they're studying, but my issue is I would have a problem with the entire Bible. Now, if there's something in the text that makes you go, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. I think maybe, maybe this is not, in other words, are you claiming that it's not a historical narrative? Are you claiming that it's maybe poetry? Is that, is that the claim here? Um, like, uh, I just, I just don't know what you do, but we're going to, we're going to wait and see where they go. Now, I I guess what bothers me is, and I guess this is what I want you to see. Actually, I won't even say it bothers me. This is what I want. This is the lesson I want you to get from this point right here. I know we haven't made it very far. We've only made it 52 seconds. I know this is why it takes nine days for me to review anything. All right. But listen to me. This is very important. You cannot allow other things to influence your interpretation of the text. And when I say other things, it can't be culture or a novel or what the world says. What The only thing that should influence your interpretation of the text should be things like language, maybe history, maybe archaeology, maybe those kinds of things. But it can't be like, well, you know, in, in the culture, there's all these fantasy novels and that, it can't be that. It can't be like, well, the culture says this. You, you have to interpret the text based off what, how the text presents itself, the language that is used using interpretive principles, what we refer to as hermeneutics. It, it just seems like a weird reason to question it, but we, we, we could have a big discussion there. But let's get back into this because We've got to get further than than, the, than what we've already covered. Here we go. With the story of Jonah, uh, Jonah and the Great Fish, uh, this series is called Surprise and begins with that discussion about was Jonah a real dude? <laughs> Discover the word next.
And it is great to have you here at the front end of another series of conversations with the Discover the Word group. Discover the Word is the small group Bible study from Our Daily Bread Ministries. And as I mentioned, Daniel is going to be leading this study with Mart and Elisa and Bill called Surprise, focusing on the story of the Old Testament minor prophet Jonah and his amazing, surprising story that holds a number of important messages for us in our world today as well. Some things about God that are surprising and convicting. I understand why Daniel is so excited to get going on this. And I think that's what we're ready to do right now. So pull your chair up to the table and think about how you would answer this question about your favorite fantasy, science fiction type story series. These types of stories are still really popular today. And it has been a common genre of storytelling, well, forever. All right, question for you. What is your favorite fantasy novel or series of novels? My favorite fantasy novel is one that nobody at this table has ever heard of, and I bet I've read it 30 times. That's a little scary. (laughs) Yes, it's entitled Time's Last Gift, and it's about a group of people from the early 22nd century who travel back in time and have all kinds of adventures. Interesting. Probably the you know best known one for me is like Chronicles of Narnia mm-hmm. or even C.S. Lewis's Perlandra trilogy. Yeah. You know, those are the ones that come to my mind quickly. Yeah, I got into fancy stories late in life. George MacDonald, a 19th mm-hmm. century author, fascinated me in ways that I never, ever expected. First of all, to read somebody who was writing with a thick Mm-hmm. English, you know, Scottish English, and then to get into his fantasy, but he just captured my mind. Did he kind of precede C.S. Lewis? He preceded, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. My favorite would be Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. but a very close second is the Chronicles of Narnia series with C.S. Lewis. Now, why do we call it fantasy? What are some of the characteristics of a fantasy novel versus a historical fiction? Or It is fantastic. It is something that comes out of imagination as opposed to fact. Absolutely, yeah. And so the reason I'm bringing that up is because this week and next week, I'm super excited. We get to talk about the story of Jonah. And if I'm honest, it's hard for me to see Jonah as real because of that fantasy background mm-hmm. of my love. Now, again, well, I just have to say... It's because of his fantasy background. It's like, it's not because, well, hey, have you ever noticed this in the text? Have you ever noticed, I'll just, I'm going to use hypotheticals here. I'm not saying anything I'm about to say is real. Have you ever noticed the the way the text doesn't give us any background information or doesn't tell us who they're related to and and it doesn't mention cities that are real and there's no cross-reference and it's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. It just seems like this story just shows up out of nowhere and it's no connection to anything else. It, it makes me question if it's real. It makes me question if it's possibly just a parable. But I think when you read Jonah, you'll find out, wait, it mentions places that are real. It gives information of who Jonah is the son of, uh, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Amati, I think is how, uh, Amati is how some would pronounce it. Um, it gives you some some information. It mentions cities that are well known and there's cross references to it as well. So so in other words, there's there's some things going on here that would make me go, mm, why, why, why would I say this is not real? But he doesn't bring those things up. He brings the fact that it's because of fantasy novels. Now, what he may be doing is like, 
Hey, I'm going to, I'm fantasy novels make me think this is not real, but I bet you there's a lot of people who feel the same way. And then he's going to spend the week demonstrating, know that it's very real. Maybe that is what he's going to do. But what catches me off guard is what someone, two people in the group are getting ready to do. That makes me go, wait, what? Wait, 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 time out. Because if I, if I heard that in my group and in, in, in a group I was teaching, I'd probably like, okay, we're just going to get started right now and, exp- and try to talk about why it matters because, well, here, here just listen to what's going to be said here in a second for fantasy. And so I've often wondered, is Jonah, is it true? Is it a real story? Mm-hmm. What, would it really matter? What if it's this great story that's a lot like the stories that Jesus told? I mean, he tells the story mm-hmm. of the Good Samaritan. Did that ever really happen? Eh, we don't really care, do we? Mm-hmm. If the Okay, now see, does it really matter? I mean, Jesus told stories. We don't really care if it happened. Now, can we Put Jonah in that same category. Look, it's a good story. We don't really care if it happened. What are the consequences? And please note, he's comparing where Jesus is talking to a group of people and clearly is giving an illustration, clearly telling a story, and he's comparing that to an entire book of the Old Testament. <laughs> Say, well, we don't, and, and, and he goes on to even add, do we, do we, should, should we even care? Does it even matter? Does it even, and, and I just think the, the hermeneutical issues that would arise from that, it would be like, okay, so, because I mean, what would be the, the next obvious question? Well, okay, if Jonah's not real, then what about any of the minor prophets? What about any of the minor prophets? I said, well, no, no, the other minor prophets are real. Well, okay, well, how is Jonah written differently than the other minor prophets? And once we start questioning the minor prophets, what about the major prophets? Maybe, maybe, what, what do we do when we call into question any of the prophecies about Jesus? Well, you know, it's, it's not real. Uh, I, 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 to me, it should matter to everyone, but it's just, it's just so weird. Now, again, I don't know. I don't know why the person is bringing that up. Maybe he's just playing devil's advocate. Maybe we'll see where this goes. But then what's, so I try to, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. But then the female of the group, she's going to jump in here in a minute. And well, listen to what she says. The idea of it is powerful and and gripping. That's a creative thought, Mart. And we know that the Bible is made up of various kinds of literature. You know, we have poetry, we have history, we have stories. Mm-hmm. So, And I would like to see that section called fiction. <laughs> okay. We, we have lots of different kinds of literature in the Bible. Yeah. I would like to see the fiction category. Like, like this is all fictitious. Right? It's, I do agree that there's lots of different genres of literature, but is there one called the entire book is made up? The entire book is made up. Even the person is made up. The whole story is just made up. And then when Jesus makes a reference to it, is he using the, is he making a reference to a made up story in order to make a point? He's, he's going to use a fiction story to make a point about something related to him. Well, do we, that thing that's related to him, was it true or was it just a story? I mean, this raises some very important questions. But again, this is right here, mainstream evangelicalism. We didn't go find something way out on the fringe somewhere. 
This is our daily bread. This is Discover the Word podcast. This is a well-known, well-respected podcast. And it just, it, I'm just a little, I, I don't know. I was a little taken back by this. And I was just taken back by how, well, that's creative. I think his name is Mark. That's creative, Mark. Hey, you're right. There are stories in the Bible. And I'm like, wait, what, what, what are you going? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess the fiction uh, section is under the story category. So any story in the Bible can be uh, questioned as not David and Goliath, not true. Daniel, not true. I mean, we can go, how many stories is made up in uh, the Old Testament? All those stories about Abram and Abraham, not real. Sodom and Gomorrah, not real. Like anytime we see a story, can we just call it into question? And again, what would that mean? What would that mean? I mean, in a roundabout way, isn't most of the Bible's story? I mean, isn't a good portion of the Bible, in a sense, we may refer to them as a historical narrative, but it's a historical narrative telling us a story about what happens to a family or a people or, or a country or, or whatever the case may be, or to a king. So, all right, let, let's continue. Does it matter? Hmm, interesting. Well, and I would say, and I hear exactly what you're saying, and I think when we talk about Jesus' parables and things like that, it doesn't matter whether those were literal happenings or whether they were fantasies mm -hmm. in a different kind of sense. I guarantee you it would matter to the people of Nineveh whether <laughs> this really happened or not, okay. because they're the ones who are going to be the eventual recipients of a message of hope. But if you assume that any... Now, okay... I see what he's saying. He's trying to make a point, but I don't think he's making the point very well. Well, it wouldn't matter to Nineveh. No, it wouldn't matter to Nineveh. If the whole story is made up, they're not waiting on a message of hope because the whole thing is made up. Nineveh and their sin, it's all made up. Nineveh needing, you know, going to be destroyed, it's all made up. So it wouldn't have mattered to Nineveh either. So I know he's trying to make a point. <laughs> it's just like, no, if the whole story is made up, it doesn't matter to anyone mentioned in the story because it's not real. It's not real. Nineveh didn't need a message. Nineveh wasn't going to be destroyed. Nineveh didn't need a prophet. Nineveh didn't need to repent. Only in the story did they need to. So I, I understand the guy, it's like, I, it's almost like he's caught off guard. Like, wait, it doesn't matter. Well, it would matter to Nineveh. Okay, but, so I'm going to back that up just a little. No, it wouldn't matter. If the whole story's made up, it doesn't matter to anyone. The only thing it would matter to are the lessons we're supposed to learn from the made-up story. Right, so I'm, I'm going to back that up a little bit. I, 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 do, I do. I think I backed it up too far. Oh, you see here. Okay, here we go. Okay, I probably backed it up a little too far, but that'll be okay. Here we go. What if it's this great story that's a lot like the stories that Jesus told? I mean, he tells the story mm -hmm. of the Good Samaritan. Did that ever really happen? Eh, we don't really care, do we? Mm -hmm. If the idea of it is powerful and, and gripping. That's a creative thought, Mart. And we know that the Bible is made up of various kinds of literature. You know, we have poetry, we have history, we have stories. Mm -hmm. So... Does it matter? Hmm, interesting. Well, and I would say, and I hear exactly what you're saying, and I think when we talk about Jesus' parables and things like that, it doesn't matter whether those were literal happenings or whether they were fantasies mm -hmm. in a different kind of sense. I guarantee you it would matter to the people of Nineveh whether <laughs> this really happened or not, okay. because they're the ones who are going to be the eventual recipients of a message 
of hope. But if you assume that any character of any novel is real, it would matter to that person. Right. I'm not suggesting that it's mm -hmm. fantasy. I'm just, I think it's an important question, though, because a lot of people do look at Jonah and they say, I just can't believe that that's real. And I think. Okay, so he kind of backs up and says, well, I'm not suggesting that it's fantasy. Okay, well, what, what, what were you saying? Okay, you may not be suggesting it was fantasy, but you are raising the question, does it matter? So let's just say if it was, I mean, if, if you're saying that it wasn't, then why are you asking, does it matter? But does it matter? That's what I want an answer to. That's what I want them to see. Let's see where they go with this. It's just, it's off to an interesting start. Here we go. One of the questions that we can walk with throughout all of our programs on this and that I would encourage those who are at the table with us to keep in mind is, does it matter? Mm -hmm. Does it matter if it's real or is there a message in this story that regardless of whether I land on it being a historical story or not, is there a lesson from this story that I can learn? I just want you to hear, hear what I'm about to say here because, because this is a slippery slope. Now I know Logical fallacy that just because something is a slippery slope doesn't mean something is true or not true. I understand that there's some logical fallacies, fallacies here. But let me just try to point this out here because I think it's important. If you start with as long as we learn something from the story, it doesn't matter if it's real. You could, you could really literally apply that to the whole Bible. Well, it doesn't matter if the Bible is real at all. The stories matter. The stories mean something. No, let me make it very clear. If the stories aren't real in the Bible, then it doesn't mean anything because it's based off, it's fictitious. It's fantasy, right? I mean, I may read a fantasy novel and go, whoa, that story was powerful or that story, that story was good, great, wonderful. And here's the meaning of it, but it doesn't have any life-changing impact on my life as far as it's defining what is real, what is true, what is false. The whole premise of the Bible is if any of it's not real, then wait a minute, then, then is God real? Is salvation real? Is heaven real? Is sin real? Is, is the commandments real? I mean, like, then you begin to question everything. So I, I don't like this idea. Well, you know, even if it's not real, the story would still be impactful. Well, okay. Well, even if Jesus wasn't real, the story would be impactful. What? what, what? <laughs> no, no. I need a real Jesus to save me from real sin. But if there's no real sin, then I don't need a real Jesus to save me. So it, was there a real fall? Is sin real? Is God holy? Is his law real? Like, I mean, once you start down this path, it just raises so many questions. And, and uh, someone just said, maybe the whole story of Jesus is just a story and didn't really happen. Yeah, there, not only there goes Christianity, like, why would it even matter then? Like, well, but the story is good. No, it's a made up story. It's not good. Okay. It, it's a made up story that would be a, a fictitious story that's somehow supposed to tell me how to live my life. It's just, no, that, yeah, there's some major issues with this way of thinking because they almost like want to say, it, it seems like they're willing to say it doesn't really matter. That, it seems like they're willing to accept it doesn't really matter. And that, to me, is somewhat problematic. I think you would have to, you can't just say it doesn't matter. You would have to demonstrate textually why it wouldn't matter. Like, it's okay to put forth that hypothesis. Hey, guys, 
We're going to go with the hypothesis that this story is not real and it doesn't matter if it is, if it isn't real. And then take that to its logical conclusion, which means you would have to look at every cross-reference that references the story of Jonah and then go, well, wait, if Jonah isn't real, then these cross-references are referencing a fictitious story. Are those cross-references referencing it as something fictitious or are they referencing it something as real? If they're referencing something something fictitious and seeming to give the idea that it's real, that means those writers cannot be trusted because they didn't even know that they were referencing and citing a fictitious story. See, then it calls into question, well, what did they know? Well, does Jesus reference the story? That, that, that's something we need to discover. And I think you can find, if you'll look in the New Testament, Jesus makes a reference to it. When he makes a reference to it, does it seem like he's saying, hey, remember that fictitious story? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you about that. I'm gonna use that fictitious story to make a literal point. Or did Jesus not know that it was fictitious? And if he didn't know, you see where this starts going? Okay, but let's see where they go with it. And I think either way that we'll find that Jonah's a very surprising story, that it's a very challenging story, especially for the culture we live in today. As I read the book of Jonah, I get exactly what you're saying, Daniel. It does sound like almost like something you'd see in a cartoon. But as I read the story of Jonah, I don't see anything in that story that's beyond the capability of the God the Bible describes to me. I think it's all very much within his capacity. So to take it as a literal story is not at all a problem. Yeah, and it's not for me either. Yeah, and I think one of the things we're going to look at today, the question that we're going to try to answer is, was Jonah a real dude? And we're going to start right there. Okay, I, the group is driving me crazy. The group is driving me. It's like It's like this relativistic nonsense. No, it's not about, well, it's not beyond God's capability. The issue is... How do you read the text? Okay, I don't, like, has, has Christianity so lost its mind? It doesn't, un- okay, listen, everyone in class. I'm, I'm going to be a little condescending here. Okay, guys, in your small group Bible study, let's say the word together, hermeneutics. <laughs> like, hermeneutics. Can we say that, class? The issue is, is there anything in the text that would allow you to question if it's real or fictitious, it's not about, well, it's not beyond my God's ability. That's not, <laughs> if you're going to raise the question, you have to either demonstrate that in the text, what this is what they're doing. Well, the story seems a little outrageous, so I can see why people would think that way. Okay, well, then you would have to explain to me why people wouldn't think that about the entire Bible. So then you can't come along, well, my God can do all of those things. Well, that, None of that is a hermeneutical answer. None of that is a textual answer. None of that is a historical answer. None of that's anything. This is just like, <laughs> you know what this feels like? I hate to say this. This is what it feels like. I have, I have flashbacks. I still have PTSD. Anytime I, I was in a church and I had to be, I had to sit in the adult Sunday school classroom or, or if the church had small groups. Anytime I was in those sitting in those small groups or those Sunday school classrooms, I always felt like I was going to lose my mind because people would be saying crazy things and be like, what are you people talking about? Can it, 
Does anyone in this church, can someone just speak up and teach the people? Because it just turns into everyone sits in a circle and everyone just throws out every wacky known idea. I'm all for people throwing out wacky ideas, but someone has to stand up and go, okay, thank you for all of your wacky ideas. You're all wrong. Okay, you're all crazy and then try to help them. I love everyone throwing out the ideas, but sometimes what I felt sitting in Sunday school or small groups is you walk out going, well, I know what Bob thinks. I know what Susan thinks. I know what, you know, Sharon thinks. I know what Jim thinks. I I knew whatever, but I didn't really get any actual answer. Uh, It just sounds like, wait a minute, everyone. The issue isn't, well, that God could do these things. The issue is you're questioning it based off fantasy novels. You're questioning it because many in society may question it, but you've not demonstrated yet. Nobody has talked about, well, wait a minute. What in the text would allow us to question that this being a historical account? And if you say, well, there's nothing in the text that would question it, then okay. Then you're questioning it simply based off the fact that it seems too unbelievable to you. Well, the Bible is filled with those kinds of stories. So I, I, I just, it just seems like they don't want to deal with the actual, what's, maybe they're going to, maybe they're going to. Just right now, it just seems like, what, what in the world? Right, here we go. There. But before we do that, let me just give a little context for the story in case there's people that maybe aren't familiar with the story of Jonah. I think it's one of the more popular stories out of the Bible. So Jonah's a story that is surprising because it shows up in an Old Testament that could be read as a story about one people group. Who would that be? Israel. Yeah. And so you could walk away from the Old Testament thinking that God only cares about one group of people. Mm -hmm. And the reason the story of Jonah is important, as we'll see over the next programs, is because we're going to see that God cares a lot about another group of people that aren't Israelites. In fact, they're Israel's enemies. And God calls Jonah to go and preach to these enemies. And Jonah doesn't want anything to do with that. I mean, this is such a revolutionary concept in the Old Testament that God loves these other people and wants one of the Hebrew prophets to go and speak to them, that Jonah goes in the other direction. And so I think one of the questions that I really want us to think about as we go through this week and next week, is are there people in my life today that I've decided are not worthy of God's mercy and grace? Mm -hmm. Are there people that because of my circumstances, because of the way my family grew up, because of the nation I'm a part of, that I don't want to see them in heaven? Now, I'm going to stop right here. These are very good questions. These are powerful questions. These are great questions for us to consider about do we have people that we don't believe are worthy of God's mercy? I kind of talked a little bit about this in our kind of devotional look at Matthew chapter 9. But let me just raise this question. If it's a fictitious story, if it's just made up, should I look at it and go, whoa, man, wow, that that makes me question who, who – who, who should get God's mercy and who shouldn't get God's mercy because this fictitious character had obviously some kind of prejudice against this fictitious people in this fictitious story. I mean, I can be like, whoa, that's, that's kind of convicting, but it's all fiction. Like, so see, it would, to me, the power would be is this is a real person whom the real God 
gave him a real instructions and he really disobeyed and he really rebelled. Right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you disagree. Maybe you go, well, even if it's fictitious, it would still have the same power. I mean, I know fictitious stories can be powerful to us, but they're powerful to us really in the moment typically, right? I mean, I love storytelling. I love analyzing stories. I love uh, analyzing how stories are put together, uh, whether it's in a movie or a book or a- any other form of storytelling or even a song. I love to see how maybe the songwriter has created a character and what happens. I love analyzing all of that. And I may be emotionally moved by a story, but typically I'm emotionally moved by a story for a moment. I don't usually go base the rest of my life off that story. Maybe some people will make major life change changes because of a fictitious story. I know fiction can be powerful. It just seems like if, if the story is made up, how, how much power does it actually have? I, maybe that's a question. Maybe I should just stop right here and leave that as a question for everyone in the Discord group to, to discuss. But we'll, we'll, we'll go a little further. I mean, because, I mean, they're, they're the ones who raised all of these other questions. Like, they could have started really with, here's a book that's really going to challenge us on how are we in a sense, almost bigoted or prejudiced when it comes to God's mercy and don't think some people deserve it and then go through the story and then at the end raise the question, okay, here's the story. Now let's deal with a question about whether this is true. To me, that would make more sense just from a teaching perspective. If you start with questioning, possibly it's being an actual person and an actual story and then even question if it matters, all of the focus now is on that question, not on this very powerful thing that he wants to talk about. To me, he's undermined his whole approach. He's almost made the thesis, hey, is Jonah even real? But hey, guys, the real purpose of this book is to challenge us on us being, are we bigoted or prejudiced in the way we, we handle God's mercy? It just seems he's undermined that powerful point because now the question is, wait a minute. I'm still trying to figure out if you believe Jonah's a real dude, and I want you to tell me why it actually matters. Well, I think you've already done that in a little bit because if you want me to, if you want me to take away this powerful lesson from it, to me the power is because it was real, and it was put there by God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to challenge me, to teach me, because I see a little bit of Jonah, a real person, in me. But maybe it can have the same power being fictitious. You, you, you can tell me what you think. All right, here we go. I don't want God to meet them. And we're not going to answer that today. <laughs> but I want that to be one of those driving questions that's in the background for us because Jonah didn't want anything to do <laughs> with the Ninevites. And he didn't want God to do anything with Nineveh either other than to destroy it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is the question that we get to work that's with. Good. So as we begin to unpack that, I just want to ask the question, does Jonah show up anywhere else in Scripture? Well, we know he shows up in the New Testament because Jesus talks Mm -hmm. about him and references his experience in the belly of the great fish and all that. In a very significant way, too. Yes, yes. The most significant way, referencing his resurrection. Okay, so, so we ask all of these questions at the beginning. And now we're all going to say, hey, but Jesus referenced Jonah in a significant way in the New Testament. 
in reference to his resurrection. Now, I'm hoping someone in the group would go, well, wait a minute. Wouldn't that mean that it's significant (laughs) if he was real or not? Like, it's just so bizarre. (laughs) I don't even understand. This really gives me PTSD. This is like sitting in some Sunday school classrooms and small groups. And you're just kind of like, guys, we're we're all over the place here. We need some kind of organization. We need some kind of structure here, right? We've got to take this through. So now they're like, hey, Jesus mentioned him. Okay, now here's the question. Is Jesus mentioning him as a real person? Or does Jesus' use of Jonah work if Jonah is not even real, because if Jonah isn't real, then is it possible Jesus is using a fictitious story to illustrate something that is fictitious, that will be fictitious as well? Is that, is that what I'm supposed to take from it? All right. Oh, we, we should look up the New Testament references of, to Jonah. We, we should do that. We'll, we'll see if they, I, I'm hoping they actually look them up. I'm hoping they actually look them up. Let, let's see here way Jonah came out of a whale is yeah. the way Jesus comes out of the grave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if people would like to look that up today, it's in Matthew chapter 12, verses 39 through 41. And we- Okay. Matthew chapter 12, verses 39 to 41. We're going to look that up. Oh, but, but I have to just, I want you to hear what she said. She's the one who thought it was kind of creative to that maybe it's not real. But now she says, the way Jonah came out of the well, that, that's the word she used is the way Jesus came out of the tomb. Well, if Jesus is going to come out of the tomb the same way Jonah came out of the well, then I hope he literally came out of the well or Jesus didn't literally come out of the tomb. (laughs) If you're going to draw a correlation, one better be real because if the other one isn't real, let's make this very clear. Even the apostle Paul will agree with this in Corinthians. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, the whole game is up. It's done it's over. Shut down the church. I'll start using this microphone to do podcasts on other subjects. We're finished. Christianity is done. It's finished. It's all fake. It's all fraudulent. So if I am demanding a real bodily resurrection of Jesus, then I would think I need a real bodily exit from the big fish, the well, whatever it was of Jonah. That, that seems to make sense to me. Now, let's uh, see. I think you said Matthew 19. I'm going to grab a different Bible here. I got multiple Bibles here. I think he said Matthew 19. I hope he said Matthew 19 or I have to back up the audio because I got so caught up in what she said uh, here. See, Matthew 19. Matthew 19. Let's see here. Where? I may have to back it up here. Okay, make sure I'm looking here. It'd probably be quicker just to back it up. Oh, Matthew 12. Thank you. Thank you. I'm way, I'm completely in the wrong chapter. I was going to have to back it up. Matthew chapter 12. Thank you. Thank you, Twyla. I greatly appreciate that because it was going to go on for a few minutes of me looking at every verse going, wait a minute. I know he said Matthew 19. Sound horrible with remembering numbers. All right. Okay. Matthew chapter 12. All right. Okay. We'll go to verse 38, Matthew 12, 38, because we need, we need context here, right? Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answer saying, master, we would see a sign from thee. Now I'm assuming, 
Let's just go with some, we're just going to follow some logical train of thought here. I'm assuming the scribes and Pharisees are real people. And I'm assuming Jesus, the one they call master here, is a real person. And I'm asking when they ask to see a sign, they're asking for an actual literal sign. I don't think they're saying, hey, could you give us a made up sign? Could you give us a figurative allegorical sign that's not really real? Could you give us a fictitious sign? I don't think they're asking for a fictitious sign. But he answered and said unto them, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign and there shall no sign being given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas or Jonah. Hey, this, this generation, you need a sign? It's Jonah. Now, wait a minute. They asked for a sign and he's like, okay, I'm going to give you a sign and it's a fictitious book about a fictitious person who had a fictitious adventure in the belly of a great fish who went to a fictitious city to preach a fictitious message and they fictitiously repented and he fictitiously got upset and wanted a fictitious God to fictitiously destroy them. Yeah, that, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't work. If he's giving them a sign, it, it, put it this way, reading the text would imply that they know who Jonas is. And then he's saying, that's your sign. And I would think that it would have to be a literal sign. And then he goes on to say, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the well's belly. Now let's stop right here. He doesn't go, you remember that fictitious story about that fictitious man? who was in that fictitious fish for three days and three nights? Well, that's how it's going to be literally for me. You think he would have to do some clarifying. Like if everyone knows the story is not real, if everyone, because I mean, if we're so good to figure it out in 2022, that it's not real because we read Lord of the Rings, <laughs> right? If we, if we came to that conclusion, then you would have to assume, obviously, the people back then definitely knew that it wasn't real. They definitely knew it wasn't real. Everyone knows, oh, that's that children's story. So it would be like this. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here just to try to illustrate the point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little hy hyperbolic and ridiculous to make the point. All right, so let's do this. Basically, the Pharisees said, hey, Jesus, we need a sign. And Jesus said, an evil and adulterous generation seek after a sign. No sign is going to be given, but the sign of the children's story of Jonas or the fictitious story of Jonah or that remember that great fiction novel Jonah, that's the sign you get. Because as that fictitious Jonas was three days and three nights and that makeup made believe Wells belly, right? So shall the son of man literally be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Now, please note, the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. Wait a minute. They can't rise up and condemn it if it's all fiction. <laughs> you see, it does matter. Why does it matter? Because if, if Jonah wasn't real and the story is not real, this text in Matthew makes absolutely no sense. That's why. It, how can a fictitious generation of Nineveh or the men of Nineveh, the fictitious men of Nineveh rise up and condemn that generation? 
Well, because they had Jonah and repented and Jesus is saying someone far greater than Jonah is here. A real Jonah appeared to the real city of Nineveh and they really repented. Jesus is real and he's greater than them and they will not repent. And they have been given the sign of Jonah and well, Jesus too will be three days and three nights in the uh, heart of the earth, in a sense, in the tomb, and will rise up just like Jonah came out of, of, of the thing. I mean, the whole, the whole premise of that is that it's all literal. It makes absolutely no sense. Like, like as soon as they, as soon as they mention that, why wouldn't they stop the small group study and go, Hey guys, you remember what we said at the beginning? No, I look, look, I am the very, I, I, I look, I try my best to always understand the mistakes speakers can make because I do hours and hours of live broadcasting and I make plenty and I, and I, I beat myself up every time I make one. So I understand that you think you've got this really cool idea, but I think in many, I think immediately, I will even now, of course, let's remember their podcast is recorded and edited. So right there, (laughs) I'm not as patient there. If they were doing it live, I can understand that you think you've got this cool illustration and then you get it through there because I've done it before. I've thrown out an idea and then I'll get like 20 or 25 minutes into it and go, wait a minute, guys. That idea doesn't actually work. I was wrong. You think as soon as someone mentions Jesus mentioning Jonah and Matthew 12, <laughs> you think immediately everybody would be like, wait a minute. Wait, that, if, if Jonah's not real, what would that mean to Matthew 12? You think someone would raise their hand in the small group and go, wait a minute, we probably should go look at that Matthew passage because we raised the possibility of Jonah not being real and it possibly doesn't matter. But wouldn't Matthew 12 be literally the text that determines if it matters or doesn't matter? And it would make me question how much Jesus actually knows. And I, I, I believe he's the eternal son of God. I, I think he would probably know if it's, a, I don't know, real or not real. We won't read that today because actually on our last day of talking about Jonah, we'll be talking about that passage. But you're right. Jesus refers to Jonah mm-hmm. as a historical person and as a result of that, it's a picture of who he is and what he accomplished. What about in the Old Testament? Is there any? Now, right there, end of story. He just said Jesus resp- re- referred to him as a historical person. Why didn't someone go, well, okay, well, then that would mean it does matter. If Jesus, ref- here's what it comes down to. If Jonah isn't real, Jesus isn't God. If Jonah wasn't real, Jesus isn't God because Jesus referred to him as a historical person, not knowing that it was a fictitious story. That's why it matters. It destroys the deity of Jesus Christ. It destroys it. It just means Jesus is a confused teacher who quoted a fictitious story and quoted a fictitious, and referenced a fictitious person as a historical figure. Yeah, yeah, I think, you see why it matters now? Section in the Old Testament that mentions Jonah? I don't know, are there? There are. (laughs) (laughs) In 2 Kings, we have a reference to Jonah. It's 2 Kings chapter 14. It begins in verse 23 through 29 because it's describing the reign of Jeroboam II. 
we can just read verse 25. So somebody. Now, let's just make sure we understand this. Second Kings chapter 14, starting at verse 23, it starts mentions all kinds of people. In the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of uh, Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, began to reign in Samaria and reigned 40 and one years. Now, here's my obvious question. Are those real people? Are those real years? Now, in the midst of a something that's referring to real people, real reigns, real cities, all of a sudden they're going to throw in a fictitious character? Let, let, let's go here. Do you have that for us? Jeroboam II recovered the territories of Israel between Labo Hamath and the Dead Sea, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had promised through Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath-Hefer. I'm glad you read that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so Jonah is a real person who shows up in the Old Testament during the reign of Jeroboam II. And what's really interesting, I would encourage... And I would make it a real person. So if he's a real person, why would you then say, why would you even then question the veracity of the story. Like why? I don't even understand why they brought that up in the beginning other maybe than to try to prove their point, but they really went up. Like it would be one thing to go, hey, have you ever questioned if Jonah was a real person? Well, today we're going to find out if he was a real person. But the the way the other people went like, well, does it even really matter? Like it, it, it's like I'm waiting for those people to say, obviously it does matter. Because again, that would call into question the historical accuracy of this section in Second Kings. That would then call into question that it was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you're calling into question the veracity of the entire Bible. Our listeners to join us by reading those verses, because what you're going to see is Israel's not in a good place. Mm. Jeroboam II is one of those kings, like a lot of kings in the north, who is described in verse 27 as he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And mm -hmm. one of the repetitive phrases in Second Kings is, and then there was this king who did evil in the sight of the Lord. And then there was this king who did evil on the side of the Lord. And then usually after that comes the consequences of living outside of how God has created the world to work. And part of those consequences at the time of Jeroboam II was that the borders of the north had been broken down. Israel was being invaded over and over and over again. So it was this time of turmoil and we see in this story that God did a miracle that he prophesied through Jonah would happen, mm -hmm. and that's restoring that border, which is what we just read. But the whole thing I want us to see here is that this is a very short section of verses. Israel is in a mess, and yet God shows up and calls Jonah to go somewhere else and fix someone else's problem. It's very similar in Luke chapter 4, after Jesus announces his ministry in the synagogue at Nazareth, and he says, you know, there are many widows in Israel who were hungry in the days of Elijah, but he was sent to the woman at Zarephath, yeah. and there were many lepers in Israel. But Elisha wasn't sent to them, but to Naaman the Syrian. So there's this hint, a bigger mission and a bigger idea than Israel understood. 
But I get your concern that here in the text we're just looking at in Second Kings, Jonah is to help protect the borders, or that's what the goal is. And now when we look at the book of Jonah, Jonah is sent to an enemy. Mm-hmm. That's very surprising. Yeah, and I think it's surprising because there was so much good, you know, from our perspective, it seems like there's so much good Jonah could have done in Israel, mm-hmm. right? Like he's a prophet. And oftentimes God would send prophets to Israel to help them understand God's love for them more or his grace or how he wants to transform their lives. And so the question that we're left. <laughs> that's so that's so modern day evangelicalism. Often God would send the prophets to remind them of how much he loved them. How about how many times were the prophets sent to remind them that judgment was coming and that they were guilty in the sight of a holy God? Like they just kind of forget that. Like he would, the, the prophets were sent to show God still loves you and he, I'm here to encourage you. Like it's just evangelicalism always likes to always spin everything from a positive way. We always got to present it in a positive way. He, the prophets were sent many times to go, you are sinners and judgment is coming. Okay, but, but that, that's a little neg- negative. It's just funny how he said that. He was a prophet and often the prophets were sent to show him how much God still loved them. And it's like, and, and, and what else did they do? Okay, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I, I misread the prophets. All right, well, we're going to at least try to just get this to a good stopping point. Here we go. With this week and next week is why would God take a religious leader, a prophet from Israel at a time when Israel was in turmoil and ask him to go to another nation. An enemy. An enemy of Israel and help them. Now, to me, they undermined their whole approach. Like they raised some very good questions. Now, they didn't establish exactly the timeline here. They didn't exactly established the timeline. When was Jonah, when was Jonah sent to Nineveh in relation to this passage in Kings? Uh, we, we could dig into some, some time, time stamps there. We need to make a chart. We need to make a chart, to, you know, outlining the time frame here, but they raise some very good questions. I just don't understand. To me, what they should have done, the first episode should have been today. We're going to deal with the fact that many people may question the historical accuracy of the book of Jonah, and may even question if Jonah was a, an, a, a accurate, an actual historical figure. What we're going to look at is, one, the, the language used in Jonah to see if we see any hints of not reading it this way. We may actually compare it to some of the other minor prophets and see is there something dramatically different in the way it begins. Then we're going to look at the cross-references. And by the time we're done, we're going to be able to demonstrate to you today in the next, because it's the first segment is about less than 15 minutes long. In the next 10 minutes, we're going to demonstrate to you that clearly Jesus was a, or Jesus, Jonah was an actual historical person because of how Jesus references him and how he's referenced in the book of 2 Kings. That would make more sense, but they, they, they went so far to really almost give you a way out. Well, if you don't believe it's, if it, if you don't believe he's a, a, a literal historical character, if you don't believe the story is real, it, it doesn't really matter as long as the story means something. They almost allowed, well, put it this way. They never came in a dogmatic way and say, no, if you say Jonah's not a real person, you're destroying 
the deity of Christ and you're destroying the historical accuracy of second Kings, which then destroys the inspiration of the Holy scripture, which then destroys the inspiration of the Bible. Like, why wouldn't you be more dogmatic and more assertive in that way? Like, even if you wanted those people to play devil's advocate, well, then if in the way you produce your podcast, those very same people would come back at the end and go, well, obviously it does matter. And then you would emphasize to your audience why it matters to understand Jonah as a real person and the book of Jonah as a historical narrative, not a fictitious story or an allegory. But they never come back to do that, which really is disheartening, but it just really shows kind of just a wishy-washy mindset within much of the evangelical world. It matters. But the fact that they didn't drive that point home to me, is almost like medical malpractice because your job in a Christian ministry is to equip saints. Do you know how many atheists and agnostics will question the book of Jonah? Yes, they're going to rip it apart. They're going to mock it, make fun of it, and go, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I understand that. But you got to at least give people some kind of like, no, I've got I've to take a stand on this. I can't say, well, I listened to a podcast and they said it may not even really matter. So as long as the story matters, that's all that matters. And it's like, wait, 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 what? I think even an atheist would go, so your Jesus didn't know it was fictitious? <laughs> he used a fictitious story to prove his res- to prophesy his resurrection? Really? Okay. Oh, and to say that those fictitious people were going to rise up in judgment against that generation? Wait, and in 2 Kings, they reference him as a real person? Like, uh, come on now, come on. Um You've got to, you've got to at least drive. It's like they raised a question and didn't bother to actually really drive home the answer and why it matters. There's, there's so much of that's just modern evangelicalism. There's just so much there that that's problematic. We'll stop right there. I would challenge you. We probably will not do this. Probably definitely not this week. Um, Go and look up Discover the Word podcast. You can you can subscribe to it in the Edify Christian Podcast app or wherever you get your podcast. And just listen to you can fast forward to 12 minutes, 13 seconds, because that's where we're stopping. And I challenge you to listen to the rest for yourself. See, and then you can you can for those in the Discord channel, you can tell me what other things you thought was really good. Look, they're gonna probably say some very good things in the rest of the study. I, I don't want to be too critical. They're probably going to say some very good things or they may say something that's completely, absolutely crazy. You can let me know what you discover and then if we need to get it, what you discover in the Discover the Word podcast. And then if we need to talk about it, I'll be more than happy to analyze it and offer critique. But I, I think we were able to, uh, yeah, I think we were able to answer Jesus that Jonah has to be a real person if he's not, well, then you destroy, really destroy the deity of Christ. You destroy the inspiration of the Bible. I mean, I mean, no, no, no biggie, no biggie. <laughs> Does it matter? Eh, not at all. Just Jesus isn't God and the Bible isn't inspired. No big deal, no big deal. But hey, the story really hit me emotionally. It really got me there in the feelings, man. It got into my feelings. That's a powerful story. So as long as I got some feelings, doesn't matter that now long I no longer have a 
a, I no longer have a savior or a Bible uh, that's inspired by God. But other than that, it was a good story. I give it two thumbs up. I mean, come on now. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But it, it just so reminds me of the kind of the ridiculous things that sometimes you can hear in a Sunday school class or a small group because it's so just, it, it can be a free-for-all. And I, I, I love the free-for-alls, but you got to have someone in charge of those groups who are willing to step up and go, wait, no, no, sorry, sorry. We're going to have to correct that. We're going to have to, and I know people get offended. Sometimes when people hear me engage with my uh, church, sometimes people go, wow, because sometimes I just have to like, no, I, I wrong. I disagree. And I just, I'm not, I, because if someone's going to speak up, if, it, if it's wrong, I've got to correct it because uh, you have to do that. And, and Daniel too. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, you, th- th- this would undermine so much, but I, I hope, I hope that was beneficial. I, I just, what I want you to see the main thing I want you to take away from it is really the Matthew the Matthew 12 passage, and, and thank you, Twala, for getting me to Matthew 12 and not Matthew 19. I mean, we would have gotten there sooner or later. It would just take me a minute to go back and play it, but thank you very much for speeding up the process. Everyone else who listens to this will be thankful as well. I, I think that that just demonstrates that when you start playing these little games with the text for whatever motivation— and you're not motivated to change the possible meaning of the text because of hermeneutics, but because of culture or influence of your entertainment, that's dangerous. And we have a lot of that in our culture today as well. The culture doesn't like that story or the culture thinks that story is stupid or the culture thinks that that story is just ignorant. Okay, well, we don't want to look stupid in front of the world. Let's change it. Well, yeah, you change it and look what you look what would have happened. If you just say that Jonah is not real and it doesn't matter, you have systematically basically said Jesus isn't God and the Bible isn't the inspired word of God. You basically destroyed Christianity. It, it's uh, whenever you pull out one little piece, everything comes crumbling down quickly. So I'm going to say, It matters. And I'm going to say we have to go with it being historical. All right. I'll stop right there. Uh, Thanks for listening. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com. Thank you. I I wanted to read a lot of the questions Will asked uh, in the Discord channel. He asked a lot of good questions. And then someone posted something from a book. I was going to read that from that. I wanted to just – I was just going to do an episode reading everyone's Discord comments. But – but, but there you go. Um, that's for everyone in the Discord channel to, to look at, and they can throw in any other thoughts. And if they disagree with me, let me know. And if I need to do another podcast to engage with your possible questions or disagreement, I'll be more than happy to do so if I can make it back here sometime soon because of the winter storm that's on its way. All right, one hour and 10 minutes. All right, I'm going to see if I can get anything else accomplished before I have to go home. All right, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Thanks everyone who is listening live. And uh, we'll, I'm going to, I'm going to figure, I got to figure out what to do next, but I, I will try to do something here in the next few minutes. Thanks for listening. God bless.